Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Jamie Wall and Ollie Ritchie with the with me this morning. Gentlemen, how are we? Oh, not Very bad, well, Ricardo. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Good. Uh, glad you both had a good weekend. Uh, Ollie, I've got to ask you, did you see Jamie's uh, tweet suggesting uh, that we should bear with him and, and then waiting with bated breath to see what he had to say next when what he had tweeted was a picture of Eddie Jones in an All Blacks blazer? <laughs> I follow, I've got alerts on my phone for when Jamie tweets because you know you're always going to get something with a bit of gold. Uh, and that was absolutely no different. I thought you might have been referring to his O'Hagan tweet from earlier on. Um, but, yeah, certainly uh, that, that would be um, an interesting situation for New Zealand rugby to find themselves in. It certainly isn't going to happen. Uh, I'm not sure if they could quite handle Eddie Jones. Um, and if I was Eddie Jones, I'd just be relaxing uh, on my massive payout from the RFU and waiting for the next international union to come along um, because it's going to happen. Um, it's probably just unlikely to be uh, the New Zealand one. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, Jamie, how many people did you suckle with that? Because I, I saw it and I was like, I messaged Logan, producer Logan, and I said, Jamie's suggesting that we get Eddie Jones on board for New Zealand Rugby. And he's like, is he? And I went back and I had a look. I went, no, he's fishing. What, what, sort, of, what sort of reaction did you get? Well, firstly, RIP O'Hagans, um, if the rumours are to be true. Ollie and I have had some great times in there. Uh, but, um, no, that was definitely a, a bit of a joke. Uh, but then, I, I, you know, as per usual, um, I like to put tweets out in the evening, New Zealand time, and just sort of turn my phone off and go to sleep and wake up and see what's happened um, once they hit the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, and um, the response was actually a lot bigger than what I got, especially considering I... I had to teach myself how to use Photoshop to actually get a picture of Eddie Jones's face on a um, on Ian Foster's body. Uh, but I, when I actually woke up and thought about it, and a lot of people had actually earnestly responded and said, "Like, yeah, let's try this. Let's see what happens." And Ollie did mention just before that uh, you know New Zealand rugby couldn't wouldn't be able to handle Eddie Jones. And I remember last week uh, we were talking about um, how NZ rugby couldn't really hasn't really grasped the concept of the fact that uh, the all black coach is their figurehead and is uh, is the face of the organization well if they hired Eddie Jones he'd have to be because he, he wants to make himself um, that uh, that that figurehead um, and wants to put himself out there and wants to be able to do all the talking and I'm I'm starting to think like actually it might not be such a bad idea after all because he knows how to handle the media, um, having dealt with them um, a couple of times. Um, he knows how to uh, engage the public. He knows how to get headlines. He understands um, what a narrative um, is around the team. And um, I'm not saying, I'm not, I don't for once believe that NZ Rugby would actually ever entertain this idea, but it's not as far-fetched as when I first thought it up as a joke about 12 hours ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see where you're coming from. I mean, I, that would have to be at the expense of signing... Uh, one Razor Robertson though, so I mean, in terms of handing Eddie a uh, a poison chalice, shall we say? I, I don't think it'd get any more poison than that, would it, Ollie? 
Yeah, probably not. Um, for a, a kind of a rugby public that um, has been sort of wanting um, to see Razor given an opportunity, um, it would be quite interesting to see what the reaction was if they then turned around and said, actually, we're going to unveil Eddie Jones. Um, from a media perspective, it would be great. You know, Jamie mentioned it before. He knows how to handle the media. He knows what he's doing. He knows the, that, like, the responsibility that comes with being the face of a team. And that's something that I don't think um, Ian Foster has quite grasped. That he, like, the All Blacks coach is kind of the face of it all. You, you represent, when you're the coach, you represent the All Blacks. Um, and, you know, that hasn't really come across with Ian Foster at all. I think with Eddie Jones, it would be um, an absolute kind of dream from a media perspective because you know you'd get gold uh, all the time and I think you'd be able to formulate that relationship um, and he would understand his responsibility there as well but certainly you'd have uh, the outrage coming from the from the Scott Robertson supporters if he was overlooked again. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, Jamie, it'd be interesting to see what he will do next. I did see somebody suggest, and I think this is possibly uh, the most Eddie Jones option yet, is that he um, goes and acts as a consultant to the uh, Michael Checkers Pumas because they're in the same group as England at the World Cup just for you know the next nine, ten months. That would be such an Eddie Jones move. Uh, but what do you reckon his move will be? Well, that, that's an interesting uh, proposition, but I really don't think there's enough room in any uh, changing room anywhere in the world for Michael Checker and Eddie Jones's egos to be to coexist. Uh, I, I think he can pretty much do whatever he wants. I mean, there's a number of clubs and domestic teams anywhere uh, that would gladly have him on board. Uh, especially back in Australia, uh, who are gearing up for a, a Super Rugby comp, uh, competition where they really need to build on what, uh, I guess, a, a surprising amount of success that they had um, last year against the New Zealand team. So, I mean, any of those teams would have him back and have him in a heartbeat, especially the ones he's formerly been uh, a part of. Uh, but I think long-term... Um, the rumours of him going to the USA and acting as some sort of, uh, not just a coach, but czar, I guess, of, of everything that's going on in their rugby organisation as they build up to hosting a World Cup as some part of a 10-year plan. Because really, that team, that men's, that men's programme that they've got over there is in, uh, just an absolute mess uh, if they're going to actually you know, be something to be... Um, It'd be any any sort of competitive level by the time they host their own tournament, um, considering that they haven't even qualified uh, for the next one. Uh, and the fact that they would having someone like Eddie Jones there would be would mean that it would unlock a lot of capital uh, and a lot of um, a lot of talent over there for them uh, as they build towards what will be obviously the biggest um, uh, thing that they'll ever do uh, in a rugby in a rugby sense. Can you imagine it, Ollie? Uh, Eddie Jones is the head of uh, rugby development uh, slash consultant, and Rick Salizzo is chair of US Rugby working together. Uh, what do you reckon? You give it a, give it an opportunity? <laughs> well, I think um, I'm not so sure about Rick, but I think certainly I can see Eddie Jones fitting that mould. And those those points that Jamie make uh, made are, are absolutely accurate. Like they need to get their their A into G uh, over in the US because they're an absolute dog's breakfast at the moment. Um, they're hosting a World Cup, the one after after next in, in 2031. Um, you know, if you can get a guy like 
Eddie Jones um, with all his knowledge uh, and experience in there to help build that program, um, be that in a, in, a, in a coaching sense or more of a, a wider kind of mentoring sense, um, I think it would be a very smart move um, from, from USA Rugby to get someone like Eddie in there with all his rugby smarts to try and turn that, in, that program into something that uh, is somewhat respectable. Um, because, yeah, at the moment, they, they obviously haven't qualified for, for France next year. So he's got a bit of a runway right from kind of next year to, to say, right, you've got until whatever date to, to try and build this program up. And, you know, he can probably charge them a bucket load for it. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Joining us on the panel today... Jamie Wall and Ollie Ritchie. Ollie, uh, start with you, mate. We had the uh, Rugby Sevens in South Africa this weekend. I stopped following the All Black Sevens team after they lost the group game to Samoa after they had been, you know, had an absolute horror show in, in Hong Kong. How the hell did they make the final? <laughs> Quite the turnaround, eh? Um, you know, well, they've got enough players that have the experience and the smarts to kind of dig themselves out of those holes and. They've found themselves in those holes before um, and, and have found ways to dig themselves out. And they've obviously just done that again. Um, but, I, I mean, I think the real the real sort of standout from that was the kind of turnaround from the Black Fern Sevens, um, you know, especially against Australia, who have had their number recently, um, and particularly in those major events, Com Games, World Cup. Um, you know, they've been unable to get past Australia, who have, you know, Rugby Australia has poured a, a lot of money and resource into that Sevens programme. Um, and have certainly been reaping the benefits. Um, but you know, to do that without their key their key players like Sarah Hidden, E. Portia Woodman, Stacey Flula, you know, um, I think speaks to a lot of uh, the work uh, that's gone into that program. But but the depth they've been able to build with some of those younger players who are who are clearly ready to perform uh, on the world stage. I thought that was a great comeback from them. Yep, great comeback from them. Uh, the Black Ferns beating the Aussies 31-14 in the final. The All Black Sevens are lo- losing at 7-12 to Samoa in the final. And, mate, you just about needed water wings out there, didn't you, Jamie? Yeah, yeah, not the best weekend in Cape Town, uh, weather-wise. Um, but just, it, it, it is kind of ironic, really, that Sevens at the moment has got to a point, a place where I think maybe 20, 25 years ago when they started the seven series uh, that they that what they probably aim were aiming for has come true which is that you could have teams like New Zealand potentially dropping out in pool phases and then coming back and almost winning the next tournament and that you still have your strong teams your your I guess star star teams like Fiji New Zealand South Africa etc uh, but they're always under the threat uh, by by teams like Spain um, you know Uruguay made the quarterfinals you know like so it's actually turned into what they what they really wanted to uh, in terms of having something as close to I guess football um, as possible in terms of competitiveness, and now they're just going to blow it all up mm. <laughs> next year and start all over again, um, which is which is a bit seems a bit off. But then again, you look at the crowds, you look at the interest uh, in sevens, and that it's obvious that something kind of needs to change because you know that it, it's just not what it was um obviously not so much not just in new zealand but sort of everywhere i think i think hong kong's probably the only tournament that's actually stayed strong in terms of its loyal um attendances and 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 atmosphere and everything so it'd be really interesting to see what they do with it but yeah like i said it is pretty ironic that 
it's it's actually a very kind of intriguing competition right now. But yeah, and, and on the Black Ferns um, sevens um, themselves, well, I think it's just the perfect way to close out a year of what, what what's been probably the most important year of women's rugby that ever mm-hmm. um, in New Zealand. It's, it's really important that um, you know the the, the both teams. Um, have come through in kind of trying circumstances because, you know, for all of the story that we've heard about the Black Fins 15s winning World Cup and it's, it's a fantastic story and everything, it has kind of come at the expense of the Sevens team. Um, and like Ollie mentioned, um, that they have managed to pull off uh, quite a resounding win um, without some really top players and that they've managed to develop some depth in their program because going forward, I think that you're going to be, we're not going to be seeing um, the likes of uh, Sarah Hirani, um, Ruby Tui, et cetera, playing much longer you know they're kind of getting towards the end of their careers I mean Niall Williams is still going on good for her you know at age 34 I think it is uh, but there is going to need to be a whole new generation of young um, sevens players coming through and it looks like the future is pretty bright there. Yeah it does it does are you surprised that the A-League uh, the, the A-League sorry I've just I've got that on the telly in front of me that the uh, New Zealand rugby didn't encourage the Flulas and the Porsche Woodmans and the Ruby Tuis to stick with Super Rugby Alpeki rather than go back to the Sevens given everything they built uh, with the Rugby World Cup here Ollie? Um, yeah a, a little bit and it's a, it's a shame for um, the Super Rugby Alpeki that they, they're not going to be there but that kind of also speaks to that point that Jamie was just making is that like at some point they have to both the sevens and fifteens program need to look to the, the kind of next generation that they need to need to build up. So like if you look ahead to the next World Cup, it's unlikely that you're going to have you know Sarah Hidden, Portia Woodman, Stacey Fleur playing uh, in that fifteens World Cup. So you know as great as it would have been, and and I do take the point, you know, in terms of that interest that you know when you have your marquee players there, that's certainly going to drive interest. Um, but you know, from a performance side of things, um, it probably makes more sense to have um, a competition where you can start to develop those younger players, that next generation of players, so that in you know four years time or three years time, as it would be for the next World Cup, you know, you're not finding yourselves in a bit of a hole where you haven't built up. Um, a bit of depth so that when those players do re- re- do retire, um, the transition can be somewhat seamless. And it, I think that applies to, to both competitions. It would have been great to have um, them in, in Super Rugby Opiki, but that competition needs to kind of find its own way um, and, and build its own, own depth of players, I suppose. Yeah, right. OK, we just had this text through, actually. Eddie Jones was coaching schoolboys Saturday morning, apparently. He just loves it. And uh, one... SR Donald last week uh, on our run home show said Eddie Jones would be great as having a different he has a different way of looking at everything nine months out from a World Cup so uh, who knows maybe you're being strangely prophetic Jamie we will see we'll see um, before we finish lads the uh, Football World Cup is at semi-final stage now. Uh, we had all sorts of drama, all sorts of excitement over the weekend, but also um, a lot of sadness around the death of one of the leading uh, football journalists, uh, certainly the leading football journalist out of the US in Grant Wall. Um, what did you, you you make about that and, and some of the questions around uh, his passing, Jamie? Uh, yeah, it was a real shock. Um, I'm really familiar with uh, Grant Wall's uh, work and his uh, commitment to, I guess, uh, what you call like social justice issues um, within football, which has a lot, uh, especially around this World Cup. Um, you know, he was very—he's been very vocal 
uh, around um, the issues around Qatar and, and the hosting and and everything like that. So uh, to see him pass away uh, quite suddenly uh, during a football match uh, at, in Qatar itself um, is well. I mean, I don't want to I don't want to say anything that you know potentially not true. I mean, you know, they, they, we don't really know much about it. I know his brothers come out and been um, you know made some pretty serious statements about uh, what might have happened but yeah it, it doesn't look great uh, from from the start but I mean he'll be a guy that we definitely missed not just mm. in football commentary but uh, in uh, across the sports world because he's the sort of guy whose sort of fearlessness uh, is something that you know people like myself well, I, I really look up to um, and so I mean hopefully someone can pick up where he left off uh, because what he's started the conversations that he's 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 brought to the public eye are definitely ones that are worth having um and yeah i think there's going to be a lot more talk about uh what's actually going on here um uh, going forward especially considering that he's a, a u.s citizen um who you know met i guess like an untimely end uh, in the middle east uh is, is something that I think the government is going to be taking a keen interest in. Yeah, well, you would, um, especially given the, the circumstances around it. And I, I don't know if you, you're aware of this, Ollie, but his wife is actually a uh, professor of infectious diseases and uh, is uh, an advisor to Joe Biden. Oh, right. Well, she, well, you know, <laughs> I did. I wasn't aware of that, but um, that's a pretty good relationship to have. Uh, and like like Jamie mentioned, it's um, you know, you, you don't want to. You don't want to come out with allegations when you're not really sure what the case may be, but it doesn't look good. It's, uh, you know, he was pretty public um, about uh, him being kind of kicked out or banned for wearing the, the rainbow T-shirt. Um, and, you know, for then that same reporter um, to to pass away during a game um, is... Yeah, certainly a pretty untidy look, and I think um, yeah that that government will be taking a, a very keen interest um, in what comes next. Mm, I will indeed. Uh, to slightly more trivial matters, uh, Jamie, who have you got so far? There's four four teams left in the World Cup. Who's winning it all? Um, as a fan of poor sportsmanship, uh, my my full support's behind Argentina uh, after that game on the weekend. Um, I loved what I saw and that whole thing um, from right through to the post-match interviews as well. Really enjoyed all of that. So uh, vamos, boys. Um, get it done. Get it done. All right. What about you, Ollie? Yeah, likewise. Um, I think I'd love to see Argentina win it. But, uh, you know, I'd love to see Messi win a World Cup. Um, and I love that how blunt they were. Uh, afterwards, and just you know, came out with some uh, some stinging attacks on the referee. It was um, it was pretty good. We need more of that in sport. Um, but yeah, I'd like to see them win it, and I'd hate to see France win it because I think they'll be unbearable if they do. Yeah, yeah, um, more unbearable than the Poms or less? Um, oh, definitely, definitely more. The, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the Poms are un, the Poms are unbearable regardless. Like you know, they win one group match against Iran, and suddenly football's coming home. So, you know, they're just unbearable regardless. And we don't have to worry about them anymore because, you know, Harry Kane put his uh, put his penalty in the second tier of the stand. So that doesn't really matter. Um, yeah, I think uh, France will just be, yeah, unbearable if, if they win. Yeah, he did a Harry Wilkinson. He certainly did. Good stuff, Ollie. Uh, thanks, Jamie. I really appreciate your time. Boys, go well. Thanks, mate. Cheers, mate. Merry Christmas. Yeah, you too. You too. Uh, it is the panel for another day.